Hi, this is Asian Miles Apart. I'm Regina in Hong Kong. I'm Pin in London, and I'm Crystal in Singapore. Euro dollar just started in 1999. So who are we to say that fiat itself is the final destination of what we know in terms of the financial system? Why can't money continue to evolve? If the money is to evolve, is cryptocurrency the way to do it? The the main utility of Bitcoin is store of value. So people take it like a digital gold because it's limited in supply. There's only 21 million. Again, it's decentralized. The whole point of blockchain is all about decentralization. So you are in control of your coin. So Animalia is a collectible NFT trading card game that draws idea from some of the most popular crypto memes. It's like a World Wild West out here now. Lots of people is trying to figure out what's the next step. Because of that, it's extremely important to have another point of view to ensure that we as a company are progressing in the right direction. Every three months in the crypto world equates to one year in the traditional stock market. So everything move on really quickly. So we have to stay ahead of the game. NFT, cryptocurrency and the metaverse they have become a hot topic of discussion these days. So Bitcoin reached its all-time high price at 69,000 US dollars in November last year. And in December, an NFT artwork named The Merch was sold for 91.8 million US dollars. Today, we want to answer all your burning questions around these topics. And to do that, we have a very special guest with us here today. Please welcome Bill Chua from Animalia to our podcast. Bill, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome, Bill. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thanks, Regina. Thanks, Crystal. Thanks, Pete, for the introduction. Um, I've been following your podcast, you know, for some time. And it's great to be here. Yes. Thank Thanks, Bill. So, Bill is the co-founder and the architect behind Animalia, an independent online NFT card trading game. So these NFT cards feature crypto-inspired meme creatures and gemstones. We're not going to go into too much detail about Animalia for now, so we can hear Bill talk about it himself and help us navigate this crypto world that's, I think, is still quite a mystery to a lot of us. Yep, so before we start, I think it's crucial for us to point out that the three of us being Regina, myself and Pin, we are absolute beginners in this topic so we are not even going to pretend to know anything so we'll probably ask really basic questions bill mm -hmm. um but i know it's probably the same for many of our listeners listening right now as well so what we've done is that we've collected some questions from our listeners from instagram and um, of course the three of us as well we would have a lot of questions for you too thank you thank you yep i, I must say that i'm also not an expert in the um blockchain world i will try to assist or answer as many questions that i can cool uh before we deep dive into all the details around nft blockchain crypto and all that jazz um why don't we get to know you a little bit more first so bill could you give us a little bit of a background of, of yourself and you know how how you end up working you know on animalia sure no problem i grew up in malaysia and have always been interested in both art and uh, technology since young, I was involved in the outside of things through sketching and painting. My mom used to register me for art competitions and lessons. 
I'm also always curious about the technology aspect of, of things and this led me to explore scripting and programming when I was uh, when I first got my computer during my first year in my secondary school. And over there I thought myself to build my own animated website and uh, scripted some basic games and, and, and bots. Um, and also due to my competitive nature, I also participated in you know some programming competitions and all. And uh, just fast forward to my uni years, I decided to pursue architecture due to my interest in both art and technology, as mentioned just now. This is also, I would say, partly influenced by my dad. Uh, he's a developer himself and uh, brought me to visit his uh, construction site since I was like seven years old, I would say. Um, I came to UK to further my studies in architecture. And I remember meeting Regina for the first time in the uh, <laughs> Bartlett graduate show. Uh, oh, wow. Com- <laughs> it's been a I while. I forgot about that. <laughs> How long ago was that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like maybe 10 years ago, I would wow. say. Yeah. Um, upon completing my studies, I went to work for my tutor in Edinburgh mm. and uh, later moved to London. I've recently resigned from my full-time position and mm. I'm now focusing on this NFT gaming project. Thank you so much for your introduction. Speaking of when we first met... Honestly, back then, I still did not know anything about cryptocurrency. And I remember that you first told me about crypto in 2017, yeah? And back then, I think you were talking about this relatively new, but promising cryptocurrency and it's Ethereum, which I am sure we all know now. In 2017, it was around, I think around 100 USD. Honestly, the first time I heard people talking about cryptocurrency was from you, Bill. So... Maybe can you just tell us a little bit about how did you start to get into crypto trading and where did you learn about this cryptocurrency world and the whole world of blockchain back then? My first exposure to Bitcoin came when it was, when it passed the $1 mark in 2011, but I didn't dwell on it much and kind of just brush it off, mm. which is, uh, you know, quite unfortunate <laughs> thinking back now. Uh, but then my friend at work, reintroduced me to Bitcoin when Bitcoin started to rise after the crash of Mount Gox in 2016. And that was when BTC is about four to $500 mark. That's when I really started taking, you know, cryptocurrency a bit more seriously uh, mm. to learn about what blockchain is all about, uh, what is Bitcoin trying to do. And during that time, I picked up trading and uh, kind of experienced the pain of the ICO crash in 2017 mm. that was like a three-year-long uh, crypto winter they call it over there also i started to pick up because you know i've been trading cryptocurrency during that time i also started to pick up uh, uh, investment in stocks and shares mm. and um, have been continuing to do so until now so back when you were investing say during like 2016 and then going through the period of like the crash in 2017 has that ever deterred you from like believing in cryptocurrencies? Did you stop investing during that period of time? Like, what was your view towards crypto around then? Obviously, the entire sentiment around uh, cryptocurrency at that time was at all time low. Lots of people like cashing out, and then the price keep dropping, and then uh, all the the fud fud is the um, fear, uncertainty, and doubt FUD. So lots of fud around uh, cryptocurrency during that time, and. Um, uh, at that time, I kind of uh, follow through the same loss of interest. When the market is, is uh, really slow, inactive, uh, at all-time low, 
the mentality kind of follow through as well, I would say. But it doesn't stop me from slowly buying it bit by bit. Although I'm not as active during that time, because everything we do during that time is, is not going to do much. Everything is just going down and down and down, slow bleed over time. But over there, I just slowly buying bits by bits. And then um, I'm glad that it came back up, you know, after the, um, the COVID uh, crash in 2020. So now, yeah. I mean, now it's still a bit quiet uh, compared to a few months ago. A few months ago, the hype was really crazy, uh, yeah. same as the NFT, MNT scene. And I have to say that, you know, moving forward, I'm excited to see how far Bitcoin can go. Not just Bitcoin, but entire cryptocurrency. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. So maybe let's take a step back because as Crystal said, I think all three of us are still sort of beginners. Can you help us out, Bill? Can you sort of explain what exactly is cryptocurrency in like really simple terms? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not an expert, uh, but I can definitely try to assist whenever I can. I would say on the high level, cryptocurrency is like a digital payment system that does not rely on banks to verify transactions. Mm. So it's a, uh, a peer to peer system that can enable anyone, uh, anywhere to send and receive payments. They don't have a central issuing or regulating authority. Instead, they have, uh, using a decentralized system to record transactions and issue new units. Again, like I said, I'm not an expert on blockchain technology. There are numerous explanations available on the internet. I, I believe they explain way better than I do. Um, I would recommend anyone that is interested to Google or YouTube uh, mm. uh, to look at this because uh, there's a lot of uh, all these terms that is associated with also the recent web 3.0 as well as the metaverse. Mm. There are a lot of people following like the waves and investing because like there's so much hype around this. This brings us very well to one of our questions from our listener. Shout out to Michelle for submitting her question. And she's asking, how do you trade crypto? Do you trade based on like fundamentals or technical analysis? Or do you think that there is still part of crypto that is just speculation and it's just purely gambling? There's certainly a risk involved in crypto trading. Just like buying stocks and shares, you're you're putting your money at work, hoping to gain some profit in the future. Whether or not it's a gamble, I think it depends on how you make your move. If you are blindly, you know, yoloing or aping into a trendy stock or, or token without any research due to you FOMOing into the uh, the stock or the token, I would then say that it's a gamble. If you do your own due diligence before jumping into any of it, I would say that you are making an, an educated bet. Nothing is guaranteed. Mm. And I would say that I, I trade on fundamental analysis, uh, more than technical analysis. So FA more than TA. I will, if I were to, you know, if I'm interested in something, I will, I will try to read out their white paper, look at what they are doing, uh, their roadmap, their goal, what they're hoping to achieve, uh, their competitors, What's the current market sentiments? Um, at times, I also do some day trading. If there are any obvious signs, like, you know, sell the news. I, I would say depending 100% on fundamental is also never a good idea. Because based on my experience, they say every three months in the crypto market equates to one year in the trade, traditional stock market. The development as a whole in the crypto world moves really, move really quickly. And your FA that you have done might already been outdated uh, by then uh, because FA is usually is the longer term 
but because it moves so quickly, your FA might be outdated and people might already be jumping ships due to the release of a you know better version of uh, another development. I guess like for me, okay, maybe I can speak more from a personal point of view, I suppose. Um, for me, I still see crypto as purely speculative, right? Because unlike, say, stocks, there's something to back. There's like the company's performance to back it. Whereas crypto, maybe I don't have enough knowledge. But what exactly is the driving force or the driver of the value of cryptocurrency? Do you, do you see where I'm going with this? That's the part that I still can't... I mean, I didn't read a lot, to be honest, but that's the part that I still am yet to figure out yet. Yeah, the value part, this part is, um, I would say, a bit uh, tricky. Um, if it comes mm. to, um, you know, you, you guys be following Elon Musk as well, right? Been, uh, Elon Musk been mocking, well, I wouldn't say mocking, but he's like supporting Dogecoin for some time. Mm-hmm. He's even trying to uh, introduce dogecoin as a payment for tesla mm, right now yeah. uh, uh, but the reason why he's doing that um, there's lots of speculation why is he doing that uh, some mm. people are saying that he's uh he's really pushing he's a doge whale because he might be one of the largest holder is his advantage to you know to build up the entire dogecoin uh, uh, market cap um, but there's also i think there's a response from him uh, on twitter saying that he thinks it's fun, uh, how people perceive the value of a cryptocurrency. Because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you're talking about the value. How much people are willing to, to spend to buy one Dogecoin? That's the one that is going to be the one that determines what's the value. And how do you determine value? Um, if you look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin by itself, you know, right now it's like, what, just shy of 40k. There's a lot of comparison of how much Bitcoin can go. And how do they do that? Because they look at the um, uh, amount of circulating supply in the cryptocurrency itself, the Bitcoin. The uh, the mathematics or the technology behind blockchain, Bitcoin blockchain, is that there's only 21 million Bitcoin that will ever be mined. So there will be nothing more than that. It's capped by these numbers, 21 million. But when it comes to like US dollar, you know, the banks can just, they're just continuously printing. Mm. Uh, they, there's no cap to it. And whenever there's something that's limited, and scars, that's the one that's driving the value up for now. And a lot of people, they, they, they compare Bitcoin with like a, like for example, gold. Because if you want to measure gold, gold has been here for so long. And the market cap of gold is about, I think it's 11 trillion now. Mm. And Bitcoin itself is, I think it's just less than 1 trillion. So they are looking at all these uh, nearby adjacent available market cap that they can compare with. For example, gold. Next one up will be the real estate or maybe stock. So how far it can go, it depends on if Bitcoin can ever replace fiat. If Bitcoin is to replace fiat, the entire world's fiat currency, I don't know how much is that in terms of uh, the market cap itself. So in order to replace that, they have to definitely surpass the fiat currency uh, and that will drive up the, the price itself. Sorry, can we actually ask the question about what crypto you own? Uh? Or is that too personal already? <laughs> <laughs> what crypto I own? Oh, I, I own a bunch of it. Some of them I just left it in dormant. Just kind of like leave it there. Um, uh, from the, I think it's best to look at the, the one that's more familiar, people that's more familiar with. I own you know, definitely Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, BNB. Uh, I would say like a few on the top 10 list. And on the market cap, those are the more famous ones. And the ones that is not so famous ones, there's a, a down the line, like a buried, you know, I don't know, 
top 1000 or top 5000, the kind of list. Those I'm just trying to buy and then see, you know, some of them is quite interesting because, you know, some of them might be, uh, some founders trying to set up, uh, founders that are really successful. Uh, they set up another cryptocurrency, uh, uh, to try out again. And then those might have got some potential, but it's a higher risk bet. Um, so some of them, yeah, I own some of those as well. So it's a here and there bits and bits and pieces, I would say. So do you own any meme coins? I mean, what's your attitude towards meme coins? Do you believe in them? Do you own them just for fun? <laughs> like, I mean, like, it's because it's so volatile, right? Elon Musk can tweet something and then it would just go up or go down. So, yeah, what do you actually think of the meme coins? Like Doge or um, Shiba Inu? <laughs> I had Doge in 2017, but I sold for some profit. Obviously, you know, it, it would be way better if I keep it until now. Mm. Um, same goes for Shiba. Um, I think when I sold, the moment I sold Ship, Ship decided to moon after two weeks. <laughs> so it's like a bit unfortunate again. Yeah. I think these meme coins, they, um, they wrote on the hype of internet memes as well. Yeah. Um, lots of people are, you know, like I say, mocking, mocking it, like, you know, Elon Musk. Uh, uh, to make a point about how value is being perceived. Um, I think these are good in terms of bringing spotlight and exposure to the masses, uh, introducing cryptocurrency to the entire world. But I think if the coin has got no real world utility, I think this speculation will bring more harm than, than good in the long run. So what's the real world? Okay, sorry. This is a very basic question. What's the real world utility of the more like the top 10 cryptos like Bitcoin, Ethereum versus a meme. I, I, I mean, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, sure. Bitcoin is a, uh, the, the main utility of Bitcoin is store of value. So mm. people take it like a digital gold because it's limited in supply. There's only 21 million. Again, it's decentralized. The whole point of blockchain is all about decentralization. So you are in control of your coin. But the second one, like for example, Ethereum. Ethereum is a really good one for uh, building the uh, DApp platform. So they introduce a, a blockchain itself to allow all other developers to build on their projects on their chain. So that is what Ethereum is trying to do. And um, there is a BNB as well, Binance. It used to be BSC Binance on Binance Smart Chain, but they just rename it to BNB Chain now. So that's similar to Ethereum. Uh, but what they're trying to tackle is that they're trying to tackle a more cheaper uh, uh, transaction fees compared to Ethereum. And there are a few more down the line that they're also trying to create a new chain like Solana, Luna, Mate. These are the, uh, another type of coin that is trying to resolve the other part of the issue as well. Uh, so can you share like what platforms do you use to buy crypto? And maybe this is good for like our UK listeners as well. Because I think between Reg, Crystal and myself, we were discussing which platform or like what accounts we want to use to actually trade in crypto. Mm -hmm. To buy crypto, you will need to use some fiat, like, you know, GBP or, mm. or Binggate or Sing Dollar. Mm. And this usually depends on the platform which is available in your country. So in the UK, uh, I usually convert this fiat through uh, centralized exchange that supports fiat on ramp, like Binance uh, and Coinbase. Mm -hmm. Depending on what you want to buy, you might also need to use decentralized exchange like Uniswap or PancakeSwap. Might be a bit too technical here. Um, mm. <laughs> what do you use them for? What do you use Uniswap or PancakeSwap for? 
Um, Sorry, so, the names are quite funny, but anyway, go on. <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, imagine it like, um, you know, KL Stock Exchange, KLSE, or, or NASDAQ, for example, New York Stock Exchange, NYSE, not every single company are listed everywhere around the world. Like if you want to buy Facebook, you can only go to a certain centralized trading stock market to buy it. You cannot buy Facebook in KL Stock Exchange. So it's the same thing here when it comes to uh, uh, cryptocurrency. There's this centralized exchange platform uh, that you can buy Bitcoin, Ethereum. Usually all these top 10 coins are all listed everywhere. Mm. Um, but the lesser known ones, the newly launched ones, when they don't have the capability or, 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 or the paperwork and fundings to be listed on the centralized exchange, you can buy them on the decentralized exchange. Um, and depend, depending on what chain are you going to purchase? For example, if you are trying to buy a cryptocurrency that is built on Ethereum chain, you, you can only go to a decentralized exchange that supports Ethereum chain. I see. Okay. That makes sense. Before we end the crypto section, so I have no crypto holdings, so should I buy some and learn about it? Do you think it's important or actually you think it's just, it doesn't matter? It's just an additional asset class? I would say this is a, it really defines what's the next step of uh, fiat can be. Mm. Because if you think about it, fiat itself is fairly new. If you look at like euro, for example, euro dollar just started in 1999. Mm-hmm. So who are we to say that fiat itself is the final destination of what we know in terms of the financial system? Yeah. Why can't money continue to evolve? If the money is to evolve, is cryptocurrency the, the way to do it? Lots of people say yes for now because, uh, you know, how we are trying to be in control of our own funds. It becomes a bit more, even more relevant where, you know, in the recent 2008 financial crisis, when um, all the, um, the, the US government is trying to bail out uh, all the layman brothers and all, um, and who is paying the additional money, who is printing the money, who is controlling, you know, how much the, the money is, but we are the one that is holding lots of money. Control should be from us. And for example, if I want to send any money, you know, to overseas right now, I think it's very difficult as well. Uh, the people ask you, you know, who are you sending? What's the purpose? How much, you know, lots of like restrictions. Yeah. And if you were to send anything through cryptocurrency, uh, Ethereum, for example, uh, Bitcoin, you can send like, you know, hundreds of millions mm. and then uh, uh, instantly, well, not instantly, there's a, there's a transaction speed involved uh, and also there's a fee involved. But the hassle, there shouldn't be a middleman that's controlling it. I think, um, I think going moving forward, this is uh, the way to do it. Okay, so moving on to the next topic, which is all about NFT. NFT is the abbreviation for non-fungible token. And I have to say that I only knew about this like a few months ago. <laughs> so a bit late. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of speculation about this new asset class, right? And we all probably have heard about these things like being sold for insane amounts of money. So Bill, can you again, sorry for making you do all the talking. Can you again <laughs> talk us through... What is an NFT? Yep, yep, no worries. Yeah, like I say, NFT, you know, stands for non-fungible token. When we say non-fungible, it means that these tokens or, or assets, mm. they are unique, irreplaceable. They provide 
exclusive ownership on the blockchain. They are something of value that cannot be interchanged. NFTs can be anything digital, like, you know, a piece of art, drawing, music, with the rise of metaverse as well. NFTs become more important in order to reflect ownership in a digital world. So can you give us some examples of what are some of the NFT? I know that people sell art as an NFT, like a digital art. Can you give us like other examples of NFT that can exist in a metaverse mm. and what makes them valuable? Right. Apart from art, like I say, it can be uh, music. There are some um, uh, artists out there that are selling NFT music, uh, which is what we are trying to do in Animela as well, NFT music down the line. There are also some like Sandbox uh, and Decentraland. These projects, they are also selling NFT land, land estates. Um, so there are limited amount of um, available property or estates you would like, if you like, in the metaverse itself. So if you are, I think, uh, the Sandbox, um, I think uh, there are lots of big companies like Atari, uh, what else? Even Snoop Dogg bought a piece of uh, land in the Sandbox. And um, there are some people that is also doing NFT concerts, uh, stadium. So you can actually purchase tickets to go watch a, uh, a live match in the Metaverse environment. Sorry, can I just ask, what is Metaverse? <laughs> I would say Metaverse is like a digital realm. Think about it like a parallel world so, in the digital world. So when you say watch a concert in the Metaverse, like, this is like a virtual concert? Yeah, a virtual concert. A lot of it is still in development right now, I would say. But some of them, I see that the projects, when they, uh, if you buy tickets, you get exclusive access because everyone can go in with their own avatar as well. And when you go in, you are, you are not you, if you like. You can have anything that belongs to you, NFT-wise. Uh, mm. You can have your own hat, your own shoe, your own shirt. If you watch a concert, I believe that it's sort of like you get your seat as well. Mm. So you can sit beside a celebrity. If the celebrity is actually buying, you know, a seat mm. in the spot as well, just to watch the match. Yeah, and then that will drive up the price as well. If you are trying to resell a ticket that is going to be next to, I don't know, Beyonce in the concert. Oh. Yeah, but it's virtual. It's not like you can turn around and talk to Beyonce, right? <laughs> <laughs> as in like, <laughs> Beyonce will be so annoyed. NFT, can anyone create an NFT? Yes. Like, can I just draw a random piece of something and be like, ta-da! <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Anyone can create any NFTs, any coin as well. If you want, you can actually create a new token yourself as well. NFT itself, uh, if you look at OpenSea, OpenSea.io, oh. that is the largest marketplace, NFT marketplace in the world right now. There are many online guides and that teach users how to create your own NFTs and list it on the platform. It's a very easy process. You just need to have your wallet and then you register an account with OpenSea. And uh, simply you can just upload and then assign metadata mm. to the NFT itself, list it on the platform already. It's easy to create and sell, but to get buyers, that is a more difficult part. If you are, you know, mm. starting from scratch without any experience, I would recommend, you know, to partner maybe with well-known artists or you know market it to capture public attention or you could also try to provide some utilities to your nft so it's not just a piece of art that you're trying to sell on OpenSea. it can be you know additional layer or something like for example it could be exclusive membership access to something there are also sellers out there that try to bundle 
a real life right. property to an NFT. So when you own the NFT, you actually own mm. the real mm. estate as well. So similar to the rest of the um, industries out there, I would say you have to have your own USP in order to stand out in this uh, currently oversaturated right. market. In the metaverse, right? Let's say Snoop Dogg bought a piece of land. To set you an example, I'm just trying to think the scenario. Maybe Snoop Dogg going to build a house there and then somehow like people like to visit this house like a museum. And then after that, this has become like a center of congregation point and like a lot of sales coming out from this place. Then he could sell this piece of land at a higher price. Is that like the correct understanding of the metaverse? Yeah, you can say so. I would say so. Just treat metaverse like a real world as well. If um, Snoop Dogg is buying a, uh, a land next to your house, your house will most likely drive up in value as well. Knowing that Snoop Dogg, a celebrity, has already, you know, purchased a big land mm. next to your house. And again, the craze is, is super crazy right now. Lots of stuff is selling at a really high price right at the moment. But these are the positive side of news that you are looking at. If you go search out, you know, the slightly not so nice in terms of uh, the, the percentage rise, there are some of the projects that went down 99.99% mm. as well because they have been hyping so much, but there is not much utility ongoing. It's just the initial hype that they get. And then once it's all sold out or, or purchased halfway, people start dumping it. And those are not being talked mm. about on the mm. media. So, Bill, you mentioned earlier on that you recently quit your job and you are currently running an NFT card trading based business called Animalia. Can you walk us through what Animalia is, how you came about it in terms of like ideas and then, you know, working with your co-founders and building a team and things like that? Sure. The inspiration of Animalia came from the hype surrounding Doge and Shiba Inu in April 2021. At that time, their numerous canine coins appeared and more and more animals followed through as well. Like for example, Mark Zuckerberg's goat <laughs> even came out on the, on the surface. So with this, um, you know, NFT and meme culture gaining popularity, we also noticed that there is a communication gap between crypto market and uh, the layman. So the motivation behind our project was uh, the need to bridge this gap and to introduce blockchain technology to general public and hence the idea of combining NFTs and, and meme into a GameFi project. So Animalia is a collectible NFT trading card game that draws idea from some of the most popular crypto memes like Bear, Bull, Ape, Will and so on mm. and a number of crypto terminologies such as traps, uh, tendies, rocks, caps, all these things. We also try to closely integrate it throughout the gameplay so that uh, the new players that are not familiar with the crypto world, they when they play the game, they will also be able to learn about these terminologies as well. In terms of NFTs in the game, we, we made out a few key elements, I would say, in the game itself. Uh, we have got titans, critters, weapons, gemstones, and landscape in the form of NFTs. These NFTs, they come in a variety of rarities and provide users uh, the challenge and satisfactions of assembling your own unique set of deck. These NFTs will be stakeable as well. You can stake to enjoy rewards to gain other in-game cryptocurrency. We are also looking to collaborate with other 
gaming platform to provide cross-game utilities. So the same NFT in Animalia could be used in another game. In terms of gameplay, um, the players begin the game with a free collection of cards and a default avatar. And in order to acquire more cards, the player will need to play the game and level up to oh. PvE, PvP, quests, tournaments mm. and all. Um, we also have seasonal card packs, which only, which will only be available for a limited time and will not be sold again. And we also have our own, we are also building our own marketplace, uh, which is a go-to place to buy and sell avatar cards and other in-game assets. Mm. So Bill, you were working as an architect before you started um, Animalia as a CEO. Can you maybe share with us how has your training as an architect contribute or influence your day-to-day life as a CEO of Animalia? Um, as a trained architect, I'm accustomed to coordinating different aspects of a project in order to you know ensure the final product is uh, aligned with the project aspiration. Mm. And also, I'm always questioning or improving anything that is uh, presented to me. And I believe that this, you know, continuous improvement is uh, important to the success of the project. So in terms of what we do, we have daily catch up with different internal teams to brainstorm ideas, uh, to develop the project, uh, whilst at the same time, continuously discuss with external stakeholders to get second opinion, to seek more partnerships, which can potentially add value to the project. At the same time, we are scaling and building our team right now, focusing on the game and blockchain development. Our current team and, and, and partners, they're all dotted around the world. So I think it's, it's very excited to see how this project is currently progressing. And what we understand is that um, Animalia has secured fundings from around 30 investors. You have team members and also a very impressive panel of advisors. One that caught our attention was subreddit Wall Street Bet co-founder Ash on your team. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think NFT card trading business is quite a new business. Yep. Uh, how are your panel of advisors helping you? Because we are again, this is uh, it's like a World Wild West out here now. Right now, lots of people is trying to figure out what's next step. Because of that, it's extremely important to have another point of view to ensure that we are we as a company are progressing in the right direction. I mean, for us, we are extremely honored to be able to leverage the experience of these partners and advisors to develop a project because they are in the scene for quite some time. They provide all this uh, invaluable advice for us in this ever-changing landscape in order to make sure that we stay up to date, stay relevant with the latest ideas and development out there. Um, because like I said just now, every three months in the crypto world equates to one year in the stock traditional stock market. So everything move on really quickly. If we don't get the first hand or the fastest information that we can get on our hands, we might be irrelevant in the next one month. So we have to mm-hmm. stay ahead of the game. And whenever there's a new developer comes up, it's not 100% published to the public yet. Uh, we have to see are we to pursue that goal or not uh, in order to, you know, in the next one month when everything starts to come together, we are already in the game. So for them to, to, to provide this kind of experience, advice, exposure, connection, it's really good for us. Hmm. And I guess what's your vision, right, for Animalia? Like, I guess in the short term versus... Like, what do you want it to be in, say, I don't know, like five to ten years' time? All right. Short term, wise, definitely trying to, you know, focus on the roadmap. Try to uh, deliver all the stuff that we, we set out in the roadmap. This by itself is a lot of work to do here in order to achieve that. 
the main mission of the project hasn't、mm. changed. Definitely, you try to bridge the gap between the、um, layman and also the blockchain world. So when people play our game, they will be able to understand what blockchain is about. That is why when we go through some of the storyline, for example, in the game, we try to educate players as well. What is blockchain about? So when they play through the game, they don't just play the game. There's additional layer to it. What is blockchain? What is these terms about? What is what does it mean in real life? On top of that, the blockchain side, we're also looking at the green agenda, because we have got so many animals.、Uh, we can introduce in the game. We don't want to just introduce any animals. We want to make sure that the animals that we introduce has got a certain meaning to it. So some of them we we will、uh, make sure that. We also pass on the to ensure that the animals that we introduce, we we try to bring awareness about the real world issues that the animal is facing. For example, endangered, threatened, vulnerable species, habitat issue, deforestation. You know those kind of stuff. Down the line, we also、uh, set up a funds separately to help out these、mm-hmm. animals whenever we 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 achieve a certain target for NFT sale for this animal.、Uh, we would like to help them out in real life as well. So. It's not just the game、oh. in terms of the entertainment part that we are aiming to achieve, but also、mm. the education of blockchain and the the real world issue of、uh, all these animals as well. Wow! Yeah, that sounds good. I really like the、uh, educational aspect of it, and also bringing in like a different, I guess, goal or objective to the business, right? Like, how, like you know, the animal point and how you can help them.、Mm-hmm. I, I guess when you first started out. Were these like already in your mind, or was it more that you wanted to do something that's NFT related? And then as you were developing the game, you were like, "Oh, we can actually bring in all these different aspects as well." Yes, yes, definitely. Our initial idea was not hundred percent polished. I mean, it will never be polished.、Mm. As it goes, we we continuing to add in more layers whenever we can that we think will add value to the project.、Mm. The starting point is that we just try to combine NFTs to a game. Try to ride on the hype of this、uh, Doge using the meme meme part and to to bridge the gap.、Uh, that was the initial idea. And as it goes, we realize、oh, why why are we introducing、yeah. uh, the new species of animal? What what are we trying to do? Are we just picking any random animals? What else can we do apart from just you know doing that? Do you think your business will end up like Axie Infinity, <laughs> where people start to build lots of、uh, offshore? <laughs> workers and then they, you know, level up to an extent and they start selling their accounts for lots of money. <laughs> this is a. It、uh, <laughs> could be a potential, right? Yeah, yeah. This is also a, a an issue in the game fi industry because when it comes to creating a you know play to earn game, the developers will be the one constantly losing because you are giving, you are not you know taking. So you you constantly give. There is only a certain pool that you can give. Over time, this is also an issue that Axie is facing right now. Long term wise, this this ecosystem itself is kind of flawed.、Mm. So in terms of how to achieve that, everyone in the scene is trying to figure out how to resolve the play to earn issue in order to create a sustainable ecosystem. It can't be one way flowing out. So that the Axie one, lots of people has、mm. been.、Um, I think there are also lots of bots been playing the game. This is also an also a security issue for all the game five projects. Because you want the players to play the game, you don't want bots to play the game, and people has been exploiting all these loopholes to gain from their point of view. Because I can actually just set up bots, and then I can set up like you know hundred accounts, just mass playing all the time. I go to sleep, I wake up, I've got I've got money already. I just sell it to fiat. 
So these are, these are the ongoing issues that we are facing at the moment and how to resolve that. This is again still ongoing. All right. Bill, thanks so much for teaching me so much. Okay, I don't know about the rest of the girls, but for me at least, I, I think I learned a bit. But I have to say, my head hurts a little bit, <laughs> especially with the beginning part about the crypto. Cause, but that's because I'm like, I've not learned much or not taken the proactive approach to go and learn anything about it. So this is definitely a first step for me. So thank you so much for being mm-hmm. with us here today. Um, can you just tell our listeners where we can find more about Animalia? I guess what is the status now for Animalia? Are you guys planning to launch soon at some point this year, I believe? Yes. We are currently focusing on the release of our game demo as well as our dedicated marketplace. The next major milestone for us will be our closed beta where we will allow up to 1,000 participants to test out the game. Like I said, by end of this year, we will be aiming to release our official game. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll provide the link Mm -hmm. in our episode notes as well so everyone can go check it out. But thanks again, Bill, for all your time. And yeah, I'm sure we've all learned more today. Thank you for, you know, having me today as well. It's been great, you know, talking with three of you. Mm. In terms of where you can, you know, find out more about Animalia, feel free to visit Animalia.games <laughs> or follow us on our social media to learn more about what we are doing. Yeah, and we are so excited to see how Animalia will unfold. Mm. And yeah, excited you, for your you. game launch. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, share it with your friends. Do follow us on your favorite podcast players and leave us ratings and reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We would love to hear from you, so do drop us any questions at asianmouseapart at gmail.com. Lastly, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at asianmouseapart. Bye!